begin our reading tonight in Luke 4. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. Let's turn to Exodus 35 now. And the leaders brought onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastpiece, and spices and oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. This is the word of the Lord. Any of you who knows me knows that I'm a big traveler. In the summer, I went on a trip to the Northeast. It was the last part of the country I hadn't been to. I had everything mapped out. Three days in Acadia National Park, followed by four days in Canada. I had everything squared away on my agenda. Now, if you're like me, your cell phone is a part of your daily life. I cannot function without it. I have to have email. I have to have ESPN.com. I have to have texts. So when I rolled into Acadia and I watched the last bar on my phone disappear, and I knew I was going to be seven days without any news or any emails or any contact with the outside world, I panicked. I thought, I can't handle this. I need to get back to a place with more civilization. This is not worth the trouble. But if you know where Acadia is, you know it is hundreds of miles off the beaten path. And once you're there, you're there. And there's no going back. So I said, okay, I'm going to press forward. I'm going to stay here. And whatever happens in the next seven days, I'll find out when I get back to civilization. Now, the first day, I had this knot in my stomach. I thought, I'm I'm missing something I'm, I'm getting myself in trouble here. The second day, I thought, okay, this isn't such a big deal. And it was only about the third day that I realized, wow, this is a really special opportunity here. I, I'm starting to enjoy this silence. I'm starting to, to appreciate the fact that I'm liberated from the hustle and bustle of daily life. And it was only about the third day that I started to realize, I think this is what a Sabbath looks like. I certainly wouldn't have called it resting, When I travel, I go a million miles an hour because I want to see everything and make sure I don't miss any ball of mud or anything. But even amid all of that activity, while I'm running to this hike or driving around this overlook, the quiet and the calm and the peace of the absence of noise and the presence of God's voice was just overwhelming. As strange as it sounds, it was nice to rediscover that I, I could go hiking and biking and camping without knowing baseball scores or whether I've gotten an email in the last 15 minutes. So in place of this silence, I started to talk to God. And at first it seemed like kind of normal meandering thoughts. But over the course of my seven days, my communication with God changed. It became stronger. It became more unhurried became less structured. It felt less like a a prayer with specific components and specific things I need to cover and more like an ongoing conversation with God. I knew I had all day to spend with God, so I did. There was no pressure, no worries about covering concepts and getting to an amen. It was just a conversation with God that went on for seven days. And the very familiar story that Tim read just a moment ago. Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days and he was tempted by the devil. 
it's one of the most familiar stories in the Bible. Doug's preached about it several times. I think actually I've even preached about it before. But what struck me when I read the story this time after my trip to Acadia was the timing of it. This was the last thing Jesus did before he began his ministry, was go into the wilderness and spend 40 days alone with God. 40 days of silence, prayer, and rest. As I spent my seven-day sabbatical with God, I thought about how infrequently I do this, how unusual it sounded to just be quiet, how strange it sounded that I didn't have the radio going or music or sports talk. And I wondered, what is it I do all the time that crowds God out? What would God say to me if I rested long enough to listen to him? What is the message that I'm not hearing from God because I'm listening to noise all the time? And is this what it looks like, in fact, to have a Sabbath? Now, the the concept of a Sabbath, of course, has been around as long as the Bible's been around. It's been around since the seventh day. Uh, And as I was preparing for this sermon, I thought, okay, I'm going to read all the passages in the Bible about Sabbath and make sense of all of them and get up and offer a comprehensive primer about Sabbath. That lasted about three days, and I decided to give up that plan. The word Sabbath has a pretty tortured theological history. It's a pretty difficult concept, and if you look at the scriptures, they're kind of all over the board. So I just threw up my hands. I said, you know what, I'll let Doug make sense of all this and figure out how to offer a comprehensive study of the Sabbath. What I noticed as I was reading all these passages is that the common thread through all of them is that God has commanded us throughout history to be still, to be quiet, and to rest. To be still and know that He is God. The Bible is full of instances where people set aside time to be with God and were rewarded for doing so. Moses prayed for 40 days before delivering the Ten Commandments. Elijah spent 40 days alone with God. Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness, as Tim read. And the Bible's full of other instances where people spent varying amounts of time alone with God. The clear theme, the clear thread through all of it is that God wants us to be still, to be quiet, and to rest. To behold in Him, to appreciate His beauty, and to speak with Him and communicate with Him. So the scriptures are clear that this is what God wants us to do, to spend time with Him. It's as essential to a relationship with God as spending time in community or reading the Bible. But yet today, carving out time to spend with God is harder than it's ever been. For all the conveniences of modern life, we have more obligations, more opportunities for distraction. There's more noise than there's ever been in human history. People need rest and replenishment as much as they ever did, as much as they did in Exodus. It's just harder to come by. Our schedules are fuller, our lives are busier, and the noise is harder to drown out than it's ever been. Doug talked last week about being salt in our community, being a nutrient that replenishes others. You need to do a lot of things to become salt. You need to have a community and have relationships with people in that community. You need to spend time in the scriptures. But you also need to just spend time being alone with God, being quiet being still, and being in his creation. Nothing can replace it. If you want to be salty, if you want to 
have a ministry into the world, you need to spend time with God and communicate with Him. This, of course, is why God created Sabbath. He, he knew more than we did about how busy we could make our schedules. He knew that just as the ground needs time for rest and replenishment, people need to rest. They need to rest their souls. They need to be quiet and still and allow Him to come into their lives and invigorate them. Now, to be honest, I'm the world's worst role model for quiet and stillness. My, my mom is here tonight, and she'll tell you I was ADD before that term even existed. In fact, I'll tell a funny story that illustrates my point about the, the difficulty in being quiet and being still. I was in a 12-step meeting once, and the topic was meditation. There were about 20 people in the room. The moderator started the meeting and said rather abruptly, okay, we're going to spend the next 18 minutes in meditation. Go. And I'm sitting there, and I'm stuck in this room with these people, and there's nobody talking, and there's, nobody, there's no way to get out of it. And I sat there looking around forever, and I thought, man, this is, this is, gonna, this is going on eternally. I've got to get out of this. Uh, but I sat there, and I sat there, and time kept passing, and I closed my eyes for a while, and I opened them back up, and I thought, okay, surely we're getting close to the end here. And I was sitting there, and I kind of eased my phone out of my pocket, and I looked down, and it had been four minutes. <laughs> so it is really counterintuitive to me to be still and be quiet. It is my natural tendency to backfill silence with, with anything, with music, with sports talk, with chatter. But it was forced upon me, as it was in Acadia, when the volume was turned down for me, I began to talk to God and listen to God in ways that I'd never heard Him before. It took me a while to get comfortable with the silence. Again, it's not my natural tendency to be quiet. But once I did, it was so comforting. It was so invigorating. There was a peace about just walking in the woods and hiking up mountains, knowing there was no email to be, to be read. There was no news to be heard. It was just an opportunity to be quiet with God, to be still with God, and to be present with Him. I began to realize, if I want God to be present in my life, I just need to simply ask Him to do so. I need to invite Him to be present. The problem isn't God. The problem is that I have so much noise in my life that I drown Him out. Let me say one thing about about spending time with God. We we can't overdo it. For me, spending too much time alone can lead me back into patterns of self-destructiveness. I think we need to find a balance of time alone and time in relationship with others. I emailed a lot of people and contacted a lot of people to ask them before the sermon, what, what do you do to observe the Sabbath? How do you get quiet and spend quiet time with God? And the answers were as varied as you can imagine. Some people said, I go hiking in the woods. I go to the mountains. Other people said, I go, I go get a cabin. Other people said, I simply just turn off the TV and sit in my living room. Everyone said, I turn off my phone. Out of 15 emails I got about this topic, every single person said, my biggest problem is my phone. Our social media, texts, and emails. Everybody seems to fight this tendency to fill our lives with the noise of cellular service. God knew we needed to quiet this down. God knew we needed to develop silence in our lives. And so he gave us the commandment of the Sabbath 
to force us to be quiet, to force us to be still, to force us to communicate with him. He didn't give us this commandment because it was something to do. He gave us this commandment because he knew we needed it. And if he didn't do it, we would never be quiet. So this commandment to observe the Sabbath isn't really an obligation. It's really a gift. It's a gift from God to force us to be silent. It's a gift from God to force us to be still. And if we receive this gift, and if we honor this commandment, he will nourish our souls and invigorate us in ways we can't even imagine. As I said, the Sabbath has been around since the seventh day. We need it now more than we ever have. Sabbath is thousands of years old, but it's as important and valuable and essential as it's ever been. Our lives get more and more complicated, and it isn't until you turn off the noise and you start to soak in the world around you that you realize how valuable that time is and how much you need the counsel of the Lord. If I learned anything in Acadia, it's that time alone with God is some of the richest and most life-transforming time you'll ever spend. It's just really hard to accomplish. Now, as I was soaking in the beauty of Acadia, I thought about three, three things about this that make this a unique experience. Three things that I want to take back home with me and try to, to develop into patterns of quiet time. The first thing I realized is that Sabbath teaches us to be reliant on God. The first thing about Sabbath is it is about trust. Sabbath forces us to spend time with God, to learn to trust Him, and to develop a relationship with Him. Our community is essential, and our relationships are essential. There will be time in your life when it comes down to you and God. If you observe the Sabbath on a regular basis and develop that relationship with God, it will prepare you for moments when, it is, when He is all you have. If you wait until you need God to learn how to communicate with Him, it's probably too late. My mother has this unbelievable network of Christian friends, and they are constantly sharing thoughts about their faith, their lives, and how God is working with them and with one another. But even she said to me, there will be circumstances in your life when you get to the point where it is just you and God. You have to be ready for it. So the first benefit of, of time spent in Sabbath with God is that it teaches you to trust Him. It teaches you to rely on Him and to build your faith in Him so that when you really need it, it's there. The second thing I found out about the Sabbath is it makes you more aware of your surroundings. I, said, I, I tend to charge through life with my nose in my cell phone and ignoring everything around me. I can have a bit of tunnel vision. When there was no noise, when there was no distraction, and it was just me traveling through the wilderness with God, I realized I began to notice things that I had overlooked in the past. I became more aware of God's presence, more aware of the beauty of His creation. One of the signature things to do in Acadia is to hike up the precipice trail. It's only about a mile long, but it's, it's straight up. And the precipice trail is closed part of the year, because falcons nest on this mountain. And when I first got to Acadia, it was closed, and I thought, I'm not going to be able to hike the precipice trail. While I was there, the trail opened, and I got to hike it. 
In fact, when I hiked it, I was the only person on the trail. Again, it had just reopened. Now, there are moments on the precipice trail when you are a step away from falling off that mountain. There are moments when I thought, God, help me to take the next step because if I don't, I'm going to fall all the way to the bottom. It was quite literally a journey of faith. But when I got to the top, you could see forever. I could look down on this little town, Bar Harbor, Maine. It was down at the bottom of the mountain. And I could turn around behind me and see these majestic mountains of Maine. And in every direction, there was an ocean. And I just stood there for 30 minutes, nobody else on the mountain but me, and soaked in the presence of God and the beauty of his creation. That's something I would never do if I had my cell phone on. I would be, again, reading emails, reading news. But when there was no noise, and it was just an opportunity to soak in the glory of God's creation, it became vivid and alive in ways that it never had before. The third thing I think Sabbath does is it forces us to be honest. It forces us to be authentic with God. My mind can run a million miles an hour, and I can think a million thoughts. Over the course of seven days alone with God, all those thoughts were quieted. All those thoughts stopped, and my mind became still. I developed more clarity, more authenticity, more honesty. I talked to God about all sorts of things, about life, about career, about marriage, about how to be a better person. And in the, the quiet of the absence of noise, God spoke back. We had a conversation about all those things. We had a conversation about what I should do with my life, what I should do with my career, how to be a better husband, how to be a better employee, how to be a better son. I saw a bumper sticker in Bar Harbor that said, you don't have to believe everything you think. And that's, I thought about that sticker more and more over the course of my seven days. My mind is constantly going. I am constantly thinking about, uh, about things, about worrying about again, emails and news. I need to draft this document. I need to respond to this email. I need to return this phone call. My world can be such a whirlwind of activity, thoughts shooting it out of my head all the time. Well, in seven days, I got to realize there's a difference between what I think and what I believe. By taking the time to rest, I was able to sift through those thoughts and start thinking about what I believe. I don't think God is preparing me for ministry any more than preparing any of you. But taking that time to be quiet and still and hear him quite literally did prepare me for ministry. It prepared me to be a better person. It prepared me to... Serve him better. God wanted us to be quiet, to be still, and figure out what we believe. That is exactly what Jesus modeled. Before he went into the world and started carrying the message of salvation, he spent time alone with God. He spent time resting and praying. Not studying, not doing anything, just being still and being quiet. I think if you want to have a ministry... You have to be able to disengage from that ministry long enough to rest, to spend time with God, to replenish your saltiness. He knew 
if he didn't command it, we wouldn't do it. So he commanded us to observe the Sabbath, but he knew all along, this is a gift I'm giving my people. This is a gift of quiet. And if you'll accept that gift and be quiet long enough to hear him and speak to him, he will fill your world with beauty and with peace in ways you can't imagine. Now, eventually, I got back to civilization. I responded to all the emails. I answered all the calls. And life resumed the, the normal hustle and bustle. But I realized about two weeks after I got back why this was so valuable, why this was such a beautiful experience, and why I was so appreciative of the fact that I had this time of quiet and this time with God. We got back and we all went to Lynn's house for small group. I had been to Maine. Lynn had been across the country and back visiting her children. Jeff and Brenda had been to Grandfather Mountain. We had all rested. We had all been invigorated. And it was such a beautiful shared experience. We all had so many stories to tell, so much energy and enthusiasm. It was clear that we had all rested and been replenished. I thought the roof was going to blow off with all the stories we were telling one another. And it hit me then that that is why we have the Sabbath. So we can spend time with God, rest and replenish, and then bring that replenishment back into the community, share it with one another, and deliver ministry to one another. If you will be quiet and still with God, he will replenish you and re-engage you in ways you never could have imagined. Let's pray.